Today's episode of the Buffalo Beat is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to buffalobeat.robinhood.com. That's buffalobeat.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitation. Annual percentage yield or uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another off-season edition of the Buffalo Beat here. However, you are joining us, and something pretty cool, by the way. Um, I just noticed when scrolling through on my uh, on my dashboard, I, I have Apple CarPlay, and the Athletic Podcast Player is now on Apple CarPlay, which is a really cool thing. So uh, if you listen to us or or uh, and you want another way to get it on there, then... Then, uh, then you can scroll right over to the little athletic logo, the, the, the A, and then find our podcast and play it straight through there, which is a pretty cool feature. And um, humble course, brag about having Apple CarPlay. Humble brag? I don't think so. <laughs> I think I think a lot of people do at this point. It, it's becoming more and more common technology. And some and there's some other uh, links in there. It, it honestly, it just depends on what kind of phone you have. Honestly. Um, some of us are behind the times just the just the the simple bluetooth connection i know i know but what can you do yeah yeah we uh it it evolution is a fickle thing it it certainly is but but yes so thank you for joining us here on the buffalo beat my name is joe biscaglia with me is my co-host matthew fairburn and the bills are like most other teams right now watching the Super Bowl happening this coming weekend and trying to figure out what to do after that. So last week we talked a bit about wide receivers, you know, with it being the senior bowl and it evolved into a discussion about trading down, which I'm still way in favor for, uh, by the way. But today I wanted to get a little bit into this cap space and this copious amount of cap space that they seem to have. And, I think there's a there's a pretty sizable group out there, at least on the Twitter sphere, that seem to think that they just want to spend a bunch of money on on some high cost free agents. But I think it that needs to be a little bit more nuanced than just spend, 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 and then go from there. Because to what Brandon Bean has alluded to. I think even as recently as the senior bowl comments is that they want to be in a good position even beyond 2020 into 2021, 2022. And, you know, trying to come to or bring to mind all of the different extensions that they would have to sign their own guys to granted that they hit with Josh Allen being 
the the biggest example of that of a big bump up in salary if they were to uh, give him that that type of contract. So I th- I figured this would be a good kind of like fact finding mission mission sounding board about what uh, what are the best approaches. So uh, first we'll we'll kick it off with you know I guess maybe their own extensions and and I think this is more of a a tricky thing than just cut and dry uh you know, yeah, just just go extend all those guys and figure the rest out. I don't know if it's. I, I think it's a, a bit more complicated th- than that, don't you? Yeah, there's there's a lot of timing involved in what they do with a lot of these guys. There's you know the the figures have to work out, and I think you know we were talking before we hit record about the new CBA and the the wrinkles that that throws mm-hmm. into the equation for a lot of these guys. I mean, you have Deion Dawkins and Matt Milano entering the final years of their contract. So you probably want to get something done there because frankly, you don't want, you know, to have that lingering too much. Although, you know, Matt Milano has an injury history. Deion Dawkins has been up and down, but from a, from what they've talked about of taking care of their own and and everything like that, you, you want to figure out a way to get those done uh, at the right number. But then you have Tredavious White, who I don't know that you're you're going to necessarily be in a rush to get that done because he's under team control for two more years. He might not be in a rush mm-hmm. to get it done because of that new CBA. That's and, the biggest point. And what that can mean is that if revenue goes up, if the the cap numbers start going up, he's in a position where he very well, you know, for, you know, whether you agree or not, he might set the cornerback market when it's time for him to get a deal uh, based on the way that he's played. If he continues uh, that level of play and continues to, to get better. So it creates a, an interesting, you know, timing dynamic here. Do you want to put, all of these guys on the cap this year and limit what you can do in free agency. You also have to delicately consider, you know, whether they're, you know, again, agree or disagree. I think they're operating under the assumption that at some point in the near future, they will have to hand out one of these contracts to Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. And so you have to factor that into your, your long-term cap plan, but I don't think any of it should prevent them or scare them from still being somewhat aggressive in free agency this year. It's just a matter of stacking the contracts the right way and figuring out the way to do it so that you still have the money to be aggressive this year and then structuring the contracts as such that, you know, you can you can make that happen, um, you know, you can sign some guys. You look at the Chiefs, the Sammy Watkins contract, not a good contract, not a detrimental contract either because they can get out of it in time to pay the guys who matter, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, whoever it may be. So you can take some of those risks, uh, which they've already done in their first couple of years, but you can still do it. Uh, you, you're, you still have plenty of flexibility, somewhere between 80 and 90 million in cap space, depending on how everything shakes out. So uh, it they can they can play both games. They don't have to use one as an excuse for ignoring the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most certainly. And I really would like to just go in on the Tredavious White discussion because I think with with him, a lot of it 
a lot of the the talk out there is more so about okay, the bill should get this done. The bill shouldn't mess around. The bill shouldn't should do this and they shouldn't do this. But if I'm Tredavious White, I'm or I'm his agent, I'm sitting there advising White going, "Okay, time is literally on our side here because a they're going to they're going to do the 50-year option. And if they don't, they're crazy." And it's it that would be one of the most foolish things they could possibly do in that, for instance, and that's going to buy them additional time. The the biggest determiner of this whole thing is what's going to happen with that new collective bargaining agreement and whether or not that the revenue numbers and the percentages go up, which would increase the pie for players and especially ones that are trying to negotiate extensions. So if you you are Tredavious White's agent and you're going, okay, Tredavious, we could sit here and sign a contract before the new CBA that'll lock you up, but you already have a, basically a guarantee that you're going to get you're going to get a bump up in pay um, following the 2020 season with the fifth year option, and then by that point. By the time 2021 rolls around, the new collective bargaining agreement will be reached. So we'll have a better idea of how much more you could potentially get for a long-term extension. So for him, I don't know that it makes much sense to, to sign right now. I mean, his value is not going to go down. At least you don't think it is, especially with the first three years that he's had. Even if he has somewhat of a, a downturn in production this this past year, it's still a situation where the Bills are going to want to keep him for the long term. So I just, I get wanting to get Tredavious White done, but the the logical side of me just seems to think, why would he do it? It, it doesn't make any sense for him to, to do it right now uh, unless you just want that payday right now to get that signing bonus and, and go from there. If, if, it were, if I were the agent, I would be advising him, dude, just, just, just hold on. Well, let's, let's see how this CBA uh, thing plays out and, and what, what we can do following a, uh, an agreement. Yeah, it depends exactly what, you know, if the Bills want to give him some sort of you know, unbelievable contract offer, then, yeah. you know, yeah, maybe, maybe you take it and just, you know, kind of, uh, you know, take the, take the big payday. But we, you know, we were talking about this rule, the, the 30% rule where you can't, this is the final year of the, uh, of the CBA, the mm-hmm. final league year of the current CBA. And a guy can't sign a contract extension that would pay him 30% more let me read the, the rule so I don't mess it up and confuse people. Um, you can't have an annual, no contract extending into a season beyond the final league year may provide for an annual increase in salary of more than 30% of the salary provided for in the final league year per year. Mm-hmm. So essentially what that means is you can't load up Tredavious White's contract extension into the new CBA years. Mm-hmm. You would have to rip up you know, this year, which would be a bargain, you know, year four would be a bargain uh, mm-hmm. for Tredavious White. You'd have to rip that up. You'd have to rip up the fifth year option and, you know, load up the contract like that. And it mm-hmm. would eat up a lot of current cap space, which wouldn't be a problem. Um, but like you're you're mentioning, it's about getting Tredavious White to agree to that uh, and, you know, potentially sacrifice more money down the line. 
And it's also about, you know, kind of taking a chunk out of your, your cap space now. And it's also important to consider for Deion Dawkins, for Matt Milano, because you can't, you especially can't make their contract extensions, you know, into 2021. You have to rip up year four for Mm -hmm. those guys if you're doing it. Otherwise, and maybe they play this game too. Otherwise, you're you're waiting to extend those guys until next offseason, until the new CBA comes through, which I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if you're Deion Dawkins or Matt Milano, you want to play that game too. Maybe you want to roll that kind of dice. I'm not sure what, what kind of impact this is all going to have on it, but I, th- I tend to think those guys more so than Tredavious White know that they're not going to set the market at their position. And so they, they're they probably ready to get that first big right. payday where Tredavious White might be thinking, okay, I can really set myself apart and really get a huge, huge contract, whether it's in Buffalo or if I price myself out at that point. It's all, it's all a balancing game that really they haven't had to play at all because mm-hmm. they haven't really had to extend any of their their current draft picks. This is the first year of them doing that, and it it creates a an interesting scenario that all definitely plays into how they approach free agency as well. Right. And you know, to the point of how you structure those contracts and free agency, you can't completely backload it because it's not just about the first year of the new CBA and the last year of this CBA. It's about the last year of this CBA, you can't have a 30% raise in any year following the new CBA. Mm-hmm. So you can't say, all right, we're going to do this contract. And in the last year, this guy will get a huge spike, but we'll already have paid him enough and we can just cut him. Right. You can't do that either. So it's going to affect how they how they you know make these deals as well. Yeah. And that that is the most important point, how these extension talks and whether or not they're able to, to get them under contract... Um, for the long term will impact not only their free agent spending this year, but also how they plan for the future. And I think I'm with you. I think Dawkins and Milano have more to gain by signing those extensions now because it's an immediate payday. Like you said, they're probably not going to set the market. And unlike Tredavious, they do not have the guarantee of that fifth year option. So, if something were to happen to them this year, then that uh, that guaranteed jump up in pay isn't there for them. So there's a bit more risk involved for them here. So, And if the Bills were to sign them two extensions, which essentially would replace the fourth year of their current contracts, which I think Deion Dawkins is somewhere around like $1.2 million I'm just doing these off the top of my head. I apologize if I'm incorrect. And Matt Milano around the 600, 700,000 mark. Um, so that would effectively be taking those cap hits and increasing them to a pretty high level. And if you're wondering what it might do for, let's say, Milano, you could always look to the Shaq Thompson ex- extension that he just signed, which was a four year a four-year, $54.4 million contract with the Panthers to get him signed for the long term. And that's an average valuation of around, I think, 13 mil. 
um, a little over 13, maybe 13 and a half. Um, that is a lot of money. And I know some people aren't keen on signing Milano to that much money, but that is what his market is going to dictate. And in terms of a cap hit, this past um, this past season, when he signed the extension, it was, uh, or I'm sorry, his, his, this upcoming year, oh no, it, he did sign it last year. So th- his initial cap hit was almost $11 million. And that eats up a good chunk of the projected 88, 89 million that the bills are going to be using and then if you do Dawkins then that's another potential 10 million that that takes away from it and then on top of that all the all the draft picks and how about re-signing Shaq Lawson how about re-signing Kevin Johnson here's another one that we're gonna have to throw in here because in 2021 he's a free agent too Jordan Poyer yep you know do you want to keep Jordan Poyer around and his you know cap hit is going to balloon I mean he's He's played really well and far outperformed the price tag that they, they have him signed at. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking at, okay, let's call it, what, $89 million in cap space, $90 million, mm-hmm. 85 whatever you want to call it. I mean, is it a stretch to say that, you know, if you lock up all four of those guys, you could be eating up somewhere between 30 and 50% of that cap space yeah. depend because of how you have to structure the contract because of the way that the CBA is going to make you do it. So to me, it's a, it's a, a tricky game that they have to play. Maybe they don't bring them all back. Maybe they don't sign all of their own guys. I don't know. I know it's hard for people to, to look at it that way because this is the most successful Bills team that they've had uh, in a long, long time. And, you know, as Sean McDermott even stressed at the end of the season, it's about wanting to keep it all together as long as possible. But, you know, you have to make some decisions in that regard. You have to, you know, you can't keep everybody. And I think that's where when people talk about, oh, just bring Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson back. You have the money. Just sign all these guys. You have the money. Well, even if you do, let's say you just do it, you, you sign them all, then you're not nearly as flexible under the cap mm-hmm. in terms of adding a free agent that could, this team needs to get better. Uh, like they lost in the first round of the playoffs. They need to get better. Uh, they were not good enough, nearly good enough on offense. So you need to add some talent. Uh, and it's a pretty important year in terms of, I don't think, anybody's on the hot seat or anything like that but a year where they don't win a playoff game or a year where they take a step back and don't make the playoffs isn't going to sit well with anybody and it certainly won't sit well with Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean that's Mm -hmm. not you know there's more pressure on them now there's more expectations and so you can't just sit back and say all right let's run it back with the same exact group you know I, I don't think you know that's good enough either so it's it's definitely you know this is where you kind of make your money as a general manager is dealing with all of this mm-hmm. the 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 cap problems that you have you know you have to and it's not a problem yet it's more the cap puzzle that you have in front of you um you got to figure out a way to to solve it so that you can still be aggressive and and sign players that you need to sign and then be able to take care of the guys who really, really matter. Yep. Uh, the guy, the non-negotiables have to keep them. And they hope 
Josh Allen will be one of those guys. Whether he will or not is up for debate, but uh, it's not a stretch to say that they'll sign him to another deal at some point. Uh, you know, you look around at some of the guys who have gotten second deals. Sometimes that bar isn't as high as people think it is, right? You know, I think we we get you know confused sometimes thinking it's really black and white. Either this guy will no doubt warrant that second contract, or he'll flame out. But there's a lot of guys who have been right in the middle and and still gotten pretty big contracts. There's really no um, middle class for quarterbacks. It's a really small middle class for quarterbacks. But you look at Ryan Tannehill, got a second contract. Blake Bortles got a second contract. I mean, it, so, you know, these things, you know, aren't as cut and dry as you think. And sometimes teams convince themselves but you still have to plan for it Mm -hmm. uh you wouldn't be really doing your job if you said well he probably won't be worth that so let's just spend that money you know they have to account for it and you know because if he's clearly not worth it then they probably don't care about their 2022 and 2023 cap space because they're not going to be the ones spending it you have to preemptively solve the riddle and that it as tough as that might be to hear for some fans out there it has to be considered and as you point it's literally his job to keep the cap in a great situation or just even a good situation each and what's the point of fixing it if you're just going to screw it up exactly with your own players you know then you're just doug whaley at that point and the cap was screwed up to some to some extent but a lot of the problems i guess in terms of the gap between what they were spending and the talent they had on their roster had to do with how much they got rid of and how much dead cap they took a lot of that on that was their Mm -hmm. choice to get rid of a lot of those players that created that dead cap so you know that's fine and that's that building strategy has worked but you don't get yourself out of that and you know what you view as a really bad really lousy situation with irresponsible and bad contracts to then turn around and do the same thing. And that's where you have to be careful about who you're signing and making sure that those guys are worth it. Otherwise, get yourself into, and it won't happen this year, but you know, probably it would be maybe not even next year. Uh, but in the years following, you have to say, all right, we got to let some of these guys go and hope to get compensatory picks. But mm-hmm. even that... I think is a, a foolish game to play sometimes because who knows what the new rules are going to be in the new CBA. Right. Because the compensatory pick formula has been very anti-player. It's encouraging teams to let go of players to get draft picks. Mm-hmm. So that might be something that changes. And so you can't really factor that into any of these decisions because you don't know whether that's even going to be a, a piece of the puzzle going forward. Yep. So preemptively preemptive measures have to be taken all the way around here and they have to plan for potentially both Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds coming very close to setting the market when when they are due and if they and by that point the new CPA will be done and if they want to rip up those fourth and and fifth years of those contracts to lock them in for the long term then that creates that much more of uh, of a pressure 
on your cap space. And no matter and what you do in this offseason inherently impacts that and to how much flexibility you'll have if they, let's say, next offseason, they want to extend both Allen and Edmonds and rip up the fourth and fifth years of, of those contracts. That From that point forward, there's you need to withhold some of that flexibility that you've established for yourself. So it, it's a it's a very, very tricky game to play. And it influences the next discussion that we're going to have, which is exactly what should they do or how willing should they be to spend substantial sums, much like they did on, let's say, Mitch Morse last year when they had a clear need at center. We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, a message from our sponsor, Calm. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. And if you head to calm.com slash buffalo, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Now, I have used it a couple of times. I really uh, enjoy the sleep stories. It helps calm my busy mind down a little bit. And uh, and, it, and it certainly works because they get uh, some speakers with some very soothing voices. And the, the stories are... Uh, just lull you into a nice little good sleep. So for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash buffalo. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash buffalo. That's calm.com slash buffalo. All right, so the idea of free agency, and I think the misconception that we've kind of gone through here about the perhaps not having as much cap space as, as you think they might because needing to account for it in several different areas here. I think it all boils down to should they take a big swing at some point in free agency at a, at a certain position or, and, and I think this is, uh, this is a question to go with it because at, they have a lot of at least passable options throughout their roster. I think what separated what they did with Mitch Morse last year and what they might do at a or what fans might want them to do at a separate position is that they were in dire need last year of a uh, of a sizable upgrade at center, and they knew that a rookie wasn't going to get the job done. And that is one of the the most important positions to them, just from a uh, roster building perspective. That is one of their most trusted places to invest in. They tried to do it with Eric Wood, then he was forced to retire. So they did it with Mitch Morse because they just got pushed into the backfield far too often. It was a constant liability the year before. So they, they almost got forced into it with all the cap space that they had. This year... I don't know that you can necessarily make an, an argument for any one position that is in dire need of a, of a big-time upgrade, where they have at least passable average to slightly above average options at most places, and trying to figure out 
exactly how to build from the way that they like to build the roster. So, and, and I know one of the popular names out there is Yannick Ngakwe, and yeah, that would be great because it gives them another good pass rushing option, and that and they might have some flexibility with Shaq Lawson if he goes elsewhere, and Trent Murphy if they want to release him. But that would also potentially ruin the rotation that they've built up and put a lot of money at that position when they already have a significant amount of money locked into it. And they already have players that they they like. And I know a lot of people don't like Trent Murphy, but they 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 like him at least for the next year of, of that contract, which was a fair contract. So I wonder how willing they would be to sign a guy to a big-time deal. They could. I, I just don't know if it's that cut and dry. Yeah, I don't know about, you know, pass rusher in particular because we've seen some of those pass rusher contracts get a little bit out of hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get into big-time bidding wars and, you know, you can end up really spending a lot of money. And are you going to get the same production uh, out of, you know, a Yannick Ngakwe in his second contract after he's gotten the big payday, maybe, maybe not. It's hard to tell you're, you're gambling and you're, you're, you're taking a shot on a guy that you don't know the same way you do a guy that comes into your building. Also pass rusher, let's face it, is a position where you can come in and impact the game as a rookie. Mm-hmm. You can definitely get a player who can get after the passer as a rookie. And I know they like to bring some guys along slow and they they do what they do in that regard, but you can throw a, a rookie edge rusher in and get an impact if, if you pick the right guy. So I think when it comes to spending money in free agency, it's about figuring out where the money will will be worth it where you can get the bang for the buck in terms of okay we need a guy at this position the talent matches up and we might not be able to get a similarly impactful player as a rookie at that position mm-hmm. center is a good example of that you're probably going to have a learning curve not all the time but probably going to have a learning curve at center so you know getting a veteran was a smart move that might be true you know, along the offensive line, which is another area that's like, you know, maybe under the radar a little bit for the Bills because they did so much work last year. But I don't know that they're quite done retooling up front mm-hmm. either. But then you look at wide receiver, tight end. There might be some some impact guys there. If you can get A.J. Green at a fair deal, I think it's safe to say you're going to get some pretty good production out of AJ Green if he stays healthy. I think that's a guy, you know, who has a pretty strong reputation around the league and he's got all his money. He wants to win. And so uh, I think he's a a guy to potentially target. Um, You know, people bring up Austin Hooper, but what about Hunter Henry, right? Probably a guy that's, you know, they've tend outside of Mitch Morse where they set the market at a position they seem to go in the direction of let's find a guy a notch below. Yes. Let's find the guy that's that's a, a bargain. The term that and they've used Austin, again and again is to exploit the weakness of the market. That is a favorite of theirs. Right. And so if Austin Hooper is going to set the market at tight end, maybe you go and get Hunter Henry. You know, if 
Amari Cooper is going to set the market at wide receiver. Maybe you, you find a value in AJ Green. Or, you know, I don't think they're going to force the issue at too many of these spots because they're not in super desperate need, but they're not going to sit on their hands either. I mean, even when they were in such cap trouble or, you know, the that's the way they termed it. They were in cap jail. They still went and got Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. They mm-hmm. still, the following year, signed Star Lotulele to a huge contract. Um, so they're not exact. And they signed Trent Murphy that offseason too. So just because, you know, they have this puzzle to figure out long term with some of their own players doesn't mean they won't go and spend even the contracts they signed last offseason outside of Mitch Morse aren't such that they can, you know, not escape them if they need to. So, you know, they're not they're not in need of just because you don't want to go crazy in free agency like the Jets or, or some of these teams that have handcuffed themselves with bad deals. Mm-hmm. You can still sign good deals and get players that can impact your roster. And I think they still have plenty of flexibility to do that. Yeah, I agree. How much flexibility depends who they sign uh, of their own guys and whether they bring back guys like Shaq Lawson, Trent Murphy, Jordan Phillips, uh, you know, Kevin Johnson, those guys that would eat up not huge, huge chunks, but significant. And, you know, and Trent Murphy not being a free agent, but a guy that they could cut and save some money on. Right. And attacking the middle tier is, I think, the key to the offseason, which is what they did outside of Mitch Morse, which you, which you line up. John Brown is a perfect example of that. Tyler Croft is a perfect example of that. One of those worked out really well. The other one, he got injured a little bit and wound up being the backup tight end. But the, the thing about both of those contracts is the Bills can walk away from either one of those contracts this year and save quite a bit of money if if they really wanted to. I think they could save just a little under $5 million by cutting Tyler Croft this season. And with the contract he signed last year, people are like, oh, why are you giving that guy that money? But it's deceiving because you can easily get out from underneath it that quickly. So It didn't impact them one right, bit. Right. You know, they didn't get anything good out of it, but... He, yeah, you're right. Five million bucks if if they if they cut him, yep. like that, which is great. You know, so that means no harm, no foul yep. when it comes to him. You could, and most of the contracts were set up that way. You know, you could save three point six five million if you wanted to get rid of John Feliciano, which I don't think they want mm-hmm. to. But if his season had gone similarly, right? If he had been the guy, oh, that that didn't work out. Spencer Long beats him out, and he wasn't what you thought he was. Or if it had gone that way with with Ty and Secchi, you could save money on his deal. Mm-hmm. Like uh, so, a, a lot of this is you would think they will will do a similar, have a similar approach with the contracts they sign because the anomalies are Morse and Latula. Mm-hmm. Other than that. And maybe Murphy, but not really. He wasn't, like, no. Murphy, Murphy, even they can get rid of it. And even Latulale, you look at it and you say, yeah, it, it was, I still don't think it was a great contract. You know, that's a big chunk of money to be giving to a guy who has been up and down with his impact. Uh, he's been good, but that position in general, I don't know if it's worth that money. But when it comes time to 
you know, when the rubber meets the road here and they have to bring back some of their own, that's when that contract's going to, you know, come off the books or or be easier to get rid of than than it is. So that was a a fine risk to take. Other than those two, him and Morris, all these other ones, even the the big money ones, Mm -hmm. you know, Cole Beasley got some pretty good money. John Brown got some pretty good money. They're not... They can still Crazy. save money by cutting Cole Beasley. They couldn't save as much um, this year as they could for some of the other deals. But the, the 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 big point here is that they are in the black rather than in the red if they if they wanted to walk away from him this year. And that that is on pretty be, much all of right, these deals, except for uh, except for other Morse, than right. the rookies and and Morse. Mm-hmm. Other than Morse, Hughes, uh, still Latoule. I'm looking at the other ones, you know, the rookies, the big rookie contracts, which obviously they're not trying to get out of anyways. Uh, other than that, all of these ones, they are they would save money if they wanted to cut John Brown. It, you know, so I think they've been smart about how they've they've done things. And that means they can continue to be aggressive because some of this cap space is going to open back up when these guys come off the books. So. I hope we didn't paint a picture of, uh, you know, panic with the first uh, section of this podcast of like, oh, my God, they don't have as much they don't have as much money as it looks like they have. But the NFL is constantly the cap keeps going up. Teams shouldn't be afraid to spend as long as they're structuring contracts the right Mm -hmm. way, which under this regime, they've they've been doing that more so than um, they were under Doug Whaley. Yeah. And I know you brought up. Austin Hooper just as a as an example and and Hunter Henry but there's also this I mean with the with the tight end position in particular there's also this part of it Dawson Knox showed a ton of potential last year so I don't know why you would make a move for a younger long-term option that basically says yeah you know what we we don't think Knox is going to be all that much for us because if you sign either Hooper or Henry to a contract, that's basically admitting that Knox just it doesn't have what it takes. And I don't think that to be true whatsoever. And just some some brief stats on Knox in particular, because you know I just wrote about the the tight ends in my Bills in Review series uh, that'll be posting at some point on on Friday. Um, it hit his for players. At the tight end position, with at least 15 catches from last year, Knox gained 13.9 yards per catch. And so for players that have reached that level, that is the third highest yards per catch average in the league behind only, I think, Jared Cook and 0.1 yards per catch behind Noah Font, the, the first-round pick of the Denver Broncos. And then when you look at his yards after the catch, he had 388 yards total. 37% of his yards after the catch, uh, 37% of those 388 yards came after the catch, which is right around the same mark as Austin Hooper, who had 43% yards after catch. Uh, Mark Andrews of the Ravens, who had 34. Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs, who had 33. Zach Ertz of the Eagles, who had 28. So there is a lot to like there with Knox, and his season could have been bigger had he had more opportunities early in the year, and if he um, didn't drop 
passes and in some pretty significant times. So I he was also hurt for most of training. Camp right, exactly. Too. So so you have to mute I, that. But one thing I would say is, you know, if they want to run two tight end sets, which who would complain about that, right? right. I mean. You know, guys like Hunter Henry is almost like a wide receiver. Same, I mean, in some extent, same goes for for Dawson Knox. Mm-hmm. It's about finding guys that are matchup problems. Uh, and you know, I wouldn't shy away from the position entirely because you know they could use more pass catchers in general. More, and I think when we talk about size at the wide receiver position, sometimes uh, a tight end can can give you the same thing that a big wide receiver would have given mm-hmm. you. And right. It can allow you some flexibility, but yeah, th- none of this is to uh, is to dismiss Dawson Knox mm-hmm. because I think they they think the world of him. Yeah, they and do. I don't, and why not? Because if he cleans up drops, uh, he looked like a a potential star in the making at times yep. last year. Sure so, did. and even if the drops continue to plague him, he's still making an impact on a lot of football games. So, I mean, think about um, that: fourteen yards a catch. And it, yeah, he's a big play because right. he can make plays after the catch, yes, which is exactly. not common for uh, a tight end. You know, there's a couple of them are playing in the Super Bowl, but uh, you know, other than that, you don't see too many tight ends that can create after the catch the way Knox can. If if he can clean up the drops, which is a big if, those are easier said than done sometimes. Mm-hmm. But he's he's got a lot of potential for yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I, I think the one thing I would sign up for at tight end specifically is um, something that just popped up this past week. I would be all the way in for Greg Olson um, because I think with him, it wouldn't necessarily be pushing him totally to the bench, or at least it shouldn't be. They Their focal point at tight end this year should be the development of Dawson Knox and figuring out how to unearth all of that potential that he has because they love the guy. There's no better indication that they love the guy than in week 17 when they could choose five players, uh, five healthy players to rest for the playoffs. They chose Dawson Knox as one of them. That that should tell you all you need to know about their thoughts on him. But the reason why I like Olsen is I don't think he's necessarily a full-time player um, anymore. He has the relationship with Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. That works as well. And he could be able to help bring Knox along in certain areas, being able to learn from someone, a receiving tight end, not Lee Smith. Lee Smith has been really good for that room in terms of being a leader. But Greg Olson is different because he has had success receiving for a long time in the NFL. So I think that would absolutely help things out and continue to have both of those guys in that role and or have a role on the offense and develop him. So I would be all the way for that if he wanted to come to Buffalo, which there's no guarantee of that because he's probably chasing a ring. It might be his final year. He might want a warm weather place because he played at Miami and then went to Carolina. Um, or he might want He did have some Chicago in him, though. He had a, a stint up there. True. Um, I think – if he's going to continue playing, he's going to want to win. And exactly. An established quarterback. You're not, I would say the Bills are at a point where they're not completely crossed off the list for players yeah, like I agree. that. He, but I think where it helps them is that he's not going to want to go to Washington where his old coach is. Uh, I think that's the 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 benefit uh, in that he'll want to win. But 
you know, if Tom Brady's back in New England, would he sign up for that? Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of there's a lot of places um, Green that Bay. could probably use uh, Greg Olson, Green Bay. Um, you know, who wouldn't want a guy that that can come in, especially at the right price tag? But he definitely fits the. He's like a better version of what Frank Gore was for the running back room right. this year. Right. That ideal, you know, leader, veteran presence uh, that they could use in the locker room in general with the departure of Lorenzo Alexander, but that the tight end room certainly would, would welcome with some young players there and um, would be the perfect mentor for, for Dawson Knox. So I, I think he's he definitely, you know, fits what they want, but he has to he has some stuff to figure out too mm-hmm. uh he's gonna have broadcasting opportunities and if he does want to chase a ring if he's got one more year in him is does he think this this bill's team could be that i don't know we'll see it it all leads into the point where free agency will still be fun for fans because they'll they'll make some signings but it might not be the all-out spend one big free agent contract on a guy i think you know they they could you never know with brandon bean whenever he gets motivated to do some sort of deal like no one saw the antonio brown thing coming or even them wanting to have interest in him but you know it these things can just pop up out of nowhere if he thinks there's there's a major advantage to be had with one of these guys that are out there but if it's a free agent out there there is a reason why they're out there, whether or not the team that they're leaving doesn't seem to uh, think what they can do in the future matches up. And even if a team is going up against a cap, if the player is good enough, they're going to find a way to keep the player on board. There, There's usually at least one dent to every single player that, that comes out into free agency. So that that just needs to be considered as well. And like I said, the the overall dire needs just aren't there for the Bills roster th- this season. Their weakest position, weakest starting position last year was right tackle, and that's because they were starting a rookie in Cody Ford. And, and they still have Ty Inseki there, who who played relatively well when when he wasn't injured. So there there are a lot of reasons to like what the bills are right now and if they can help float those with some of these middle tier guys that we're talking about to exploit the weaknesses of the market which they always talk about then i think that's probably most the most prudent approach and i think i think this is hopefully we didn't lose everybody after the uh the talk about how they don't have as much cap space as people think they do and and hopefully we inspired some belief that hey maybe they'll 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 get some solid dudes out there i I think i think that that's fair to say yeah they know they need to upgrade and they they'll they're kicking the tires the same way it just might not be the same volume that they've had the last couple years and maybe it lacks the maybe there is that one there's usually one right one you know high price signing that they feel like they can fit in and you know to tie this up there's also you know, you want to capitalize while your quarterback is cheap. Mm-hmm. You want to capitalize while you have some of these guys on affordable deals. So this is one of the last years where they have as much flexibility as they do, depending on how they 
they shake things out. So I, I think still will be an an active couple of weeks for them. Right. Maybe it's something like a a veteran strong side linebacker just to just to bring in for the for the interim for a couple of years. That 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 could very well be be a spot where they go for it and and it's somewhat of a name and try and figure out okay that here's here's how we go from here. Okay, so this is uh, this fact finding mission. I think is has been overall success. So uh, the next time we will chat with you all will be next week. We will by that point know who has won the Super Bowl. Probably will have some things to take away from said event, and then after the Super Bowl has concluded the nfl combine that's uh that's like in four weeks so the draft is coming into focus i've spent the entire week watching wide receivers and it's been hashtag fun so because this this group is hashtag fun so uh, i'm sure we'll we'll get into more of the draft prospects as we go along uh i'm going to continue to ask if you have a sign off until until i know that you don't actually want to do this anymore I'm going to need to, I need a, a signature sign off. I'm, I'm going to need to work on it, but I think I, now, ha- I think I have one for you. Blaine Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert. For now, just, you know, peace, love, and happiness. Spread Ooh, the word. Look at you go. Okay. I'd like it. I'm into it. All right. So everyone enjoy the Super Bowl. If you listen to this before the big game, and if not, hope you enjoyed it and can't uh, can't wait to talk about the offseason some more. So for Matthew Fairburn, my name's Joe Biscalia. Thanks for listening to the Buffalo Beat, and we'll talk to you next week. See you then.